You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and I am here alone as usual, but over Skype are our friends. Neil's uh, just hijacking the show at this point. Mm-hmm. I am. He's, he's, he's let in every episode since quarantine started. I it am. was always Neil's show. Whoa. Right. All Whoa. the equipment's here. I'm doing all the work. I guess that's true. So let's start with all Matt. All the work. You know, this guy. <laughs> let's start with Matt. Uh, are you still in LA or are you mid travel? Um, I am still in, in Los Angeles right now. Yeah. Yeah. You're are coming you for a visit soon. Yeah. Yeah. Next week I'll be in town uh, right. as of this recording. So hopefully um, things haven't been back into lockdown. So I'll still be able to do something. To so leave. Looking forward and come to back. Be, being uh, six feet away from you. <laughs> it's great i love it social distancing wonderful I, I was saying we should do a uh, social distance episode like outside with chairs six feet apart and long cords it sounds like great Lawn audio mowers running yes <laughs> it's all part of the experience right that was jeff uh and jeff uh has a special day tomorrow early happy early birthday oh thank you neil you're welcome uh, and I, I had a dream the date last will night. will go unsaid because I know Jeff hates his birthday being revealed. Yeah, but, we won't. Uh, Jeff sort of is surly and generally hates his birthday full stop. But yeah, I, I will always say thank you because I'm not an ass. So. It's somewhere around this time. I have a, a, a summer-ish. I have a wish, summer. Jeff, uh, that um, because it's summer now, uh, very similar to George Costanza on Seinfeld that there's going to be like a summer Jeff. Maybe you just rock a goatee and you're called, we, we change your name to Jay. You're like summer Jay or something like that. I don't know oh, why. I like that. I mean, you can call me that. That doesn't bother me at all. I want you Perfect. to wear. All right. No, no, no problem. J bone. <laughs> Good old J bone. Uh, but no we, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, he's a triviality superstar on Patreon, uh, and we appreciate his support. He's coming to us from Albany, New York, and that is Scott Grimes. How's it going, Scott? It's going well, guys. Thank you for having me on. Uh, Jeff, happy early birthday. I hope I can gift you with a victory here. Oh, we'll see. Swell. Hold on. <laughs> putting your thumb on the scale already i'm gonna like this aren't i <laughs> i know he's leaning the yeah i was gonna say he's leaning the scales towards jeff um scott why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself 
Uh, sure. I work as a uh, recruiter. Uh, so I basically help people find jobs, which is really interesting right now with everything going on in the world. Uh, a lot of people are out of work. So uh, we're really busy. So working on that um, in my spare Expect time. my call, Scott. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> let me know. Uh, I work out of Albany, but my uh, company is nationwide. So we, we probably have some uh, some offices near you. Uh, but yeah, in my spare time, uh, I podcast a lot. Uh, I have a brand new uh, sports trivia podcast called Benchwarmers uh, Trivia Podcast. Um, I also have a nostalgia cast called People Don't Forget, which is currently on a hiatus. Uh, not coronavirus related, more like uh, lazy podcast host related. Uh, and that's pretty much it. I'm also really excited for sports to come back. So we'll see. See, now I was on this bench warmer show and I had a great time, but you were not there, Scott. I don't I, know how this I, happened. I was supposed to, so there's like eight of us, so we can't <laughs> all, we pick and choose which episodes we're in. It's and a I large took bench one, is what I, you're saying. I, I took one for the team. I'd been on like five straight episodes, so I decided <laughs> it was time to take a day off. And I knew I'd see your face today, so I figured. Okay, that seems fair. Okay, yeah. it was me and me and Dan Lundberg, uh, frequent guest of the show. Good times. So you just check it out, Bench Warmers podcast. Look up for my episode and then listen to the rest, but listen to mine first. Just so you know. <laughs> You guys are like the the village people. Like you don't want to go to a construction site and bring a cowboy. You want the construction worker there. Exactly. We all have our roles and we understand that and we play them accordingly. Awesome. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us and speaking of your support on Patreon and also being a listener, um, which we also appreciate. Um, big, big news. We're, we're super, super uh, proud and, and grateful and thankful that we've reached 1 million downloads. How crazy is that, guys? Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> it does seem like quite a lot. I see a lot of... Um post in like some of the podcast channels it's like we just reached a thousand and i just like so humbled that like a million is, is crazy i never thought we would get there so it's exciting uh but yeah it's kind of a shock i mean it's pretty crazy we never thought we'd get here but um hopefully you know here's to the next million and thank you for everyone for listening and downloading and spreading the word so appreciate it yes thank you so much i'd like you to know that a million hours is approximately 114 years oh wow what a rip van winkle of trivia I like it. Uh, well, uh, yeah, thank you very much to everyone uh, for your support. Um, we're going to keep thanking you because a million is insane. But uh, while we do that, let's hear uh, the rules guy give his best reading as a 114-year-old man. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. Uh, pretty good pipes. He sounded fine to me, I thought. He's yeah. got at least another million in him. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Um, so Ken brought up the idea of doing a rematch of... Uh, Jeff and Ken versus uh, myself and Matt. So, uh, Ken, what is your team name today? Yeah, so since Scott's from Albany, um, I immediately said, oh, that's where I got pulled over on our way to Boston. So we're going to be pulled over in Albany. All right. Sounds like a uh, either an indie film that would play on IFC Films or a, an album, uh, maybe by someone who listens to Sigur uh, Ross, Ken. What do you think? Uh, yeah, or just a $200 ticket. There you go. Uh, Matt, you, you were going to pick a team name for us. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, whenever I hear Albany, I can only think of steamed hams, which is uh, Albany's greatest export. So, um, and if you if <laughs> you get that reference, I would uh, suggest listening to our Simpsons uh, trivia. Con I think it's a tournament coming up. 
might it's either out or coming up. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah, there's some really good questions. Up, and that's quite a segue, Matt. Yes, mm-hmm. very good segue. Um, so yeah, we're ready. I'm ready to go. Uh, Scott, feel free to take it away. Excellent, excellent. Um, I just want to apologize in advance. Uh, it, my questions are pretty easy and kind of in a, a certain general area. So I, you guys will probably get the hang of it. But uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and get started here. Question number one in the category of location, location. Colin Farrell starred in a unique movie in 2003, also starring Forrest Whitaker and Kiefer Sutherland. In what specific location does Farrell spend the majority of the movie? Yeah, we're good. Yep. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, we're good, Matt. It's uh, it's a, a, a mini thriller within uh, a telephone booth uh, called Phone Booth, if you're good with that. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, by uh, Joel Schumacher, I believe. So, yeah, we're going to go with Phone Booth over here. Yep. When I was a young whippersnapper, I was a big fan of uh, Phone Booth. And now as a grown man, I'm less a fan of Phone Booth, but uh, <laughs> Phone Booth. That is correct. Phone Booth is correct answer. I recently re- rewatched it. I actually thought it held up quite well. Uh, does, young... that move, does, it move, does that movie make any sense to anyone from Gen Z? Like, they're like, what the hell is a Phone Booth? What would you do? <laughs> well, it's funny because you have uh, millennials, maybe a little bit of whatever's before millennials, I don't remember, uh, thinking of it as a um, Bill and Ted item or an actual phone booth. And then everyone else is probably like, uh, like you said, what are they thinking it is? An art installation or something. All right. Question two. In the category of what's the word released in 1997 the songs bittersweet symphony and the freshman both became chart topping hits they were recorded by two different bands but these bands shared a common word what word is that we're good ken yep i know it. uh okay bittersweet symphony that was the video that was always on mtv and vh1 anytime i turned on the channel yeah and they didn't not make any money moby. from it uh not by moby yeah right didn't uh, um Rolling Stones owned the that track, right? So they didn't actually make any money off it. Oh yeah, I, I, like. I did hear that. Yeah, it's it's um, Verve, right? Yeah, the Verve, pipe. the Verve is one of them, and the Verve pipe is the other one. But I wouldn't be able to pick which one was which. But that's, I believe, what it is. Okay, so yeah, I guess our answer is whatever the common commonality is. So we'll go with the Verve. Yep, I'm not so sure what Verve is, but we're going with Verve and uh, Verve pipe. Sounds like it'd be some sort of weird, like, sci-fi movie, right, Verve? Uh, but that is the correct answer. Um, it's so funny thing about Verve, not to disparage anything that you do, Matt, or in your world, but there's a coffee roaster uh, in L- or in California uh, called Verve Coffee, which is some of the best around. So if you're in that area, uh, I definitely recommend it. I'm not going to disagree. And lastly, the Verve did uh, Bittersweet Symphony and uh, the Verve Pipe did Freshman. And Verve means vigor or enthusiasm. Oh, okay. Now for something with a little bit less vigor and enthusiasm. Question three in the category of writing, meaning wedge-shaped. What is the name of the writing system invented by the Mesopotamians in the fourth millennium BC? So, Jeff, you have an idea here, so um, we can lock in, I guess, if Jeff has an idea, because I don't know. Matt and I both had the same reaction. We we knew phone booth, we knew Verve, and then all of a sudden yeah. this came up, and it's like, whoa, uh, I got to get you know, we're checked into the corner here. <laughs> Yeah, what's with the actual history or science questions? Um, I, I said hieroglyphics, but that seems like it would have been way before then. So I don't think that's right. Um, Wedged shaped. Um, okay. Wing wingdings. Wait. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we, we don't have anything here, right? I don't. Let's just go hieroglyphics. Why not? Yeah, that's fine. 
All right, Ken. I believe this is cuneiform. Mm. One p- team getting points on this one. The correct answer is cuneiform. Also pronounced cuneiform, cuneiform, what have you. But uh, it's one of the earliest uh, known writing systems. Well done, Jeff. I've, I would have missed that one entirely. So. <laughs> that, now, cuneiform, those aren't the uh, conspiracy theorist people on the internet, right? Yeah. <laughs> Chirp, chirp. <laughs> no one gets that one. I know that's a that's a a deep a, a deep state joke. I think it's no, it's QAnon. Is QAnon what is what I was referencing. Oh, okay. It doesn't yeah. sound like that at all, though. So it doesn't. I would have gone with the, <laughs> that, cut, that joke is getting cut. <laughs> I would have gone with the color forms joke, but you know what? You do you. That's <laughs> Ken. You should cut everything except you going. That joke is getting cut. <laughs> no, no one hears it. <laughs> Make the people think. All right, question four in the category of candy. Even Mikey liked their candy, helping debunk rumors that mixing it with soda would cause your stomach to explode. Mm. We can lock in. Yeah, we're good over here. I'd assume this is Mentos, right, Ken? No, because that that's a real chemical reaction, but I think it's Pop Rocks. Ah, okay. But, but Mikey likes it as life cereal, so I'm trying to pick up on the hint there, but I think it's Pop Rocks. Okay. Yeah, um, one of my favorite pop culture websites from the early 2000s was called Pop Rocks, Pop Rocks and Cola, and I just always that always stuck with me. So we said Pop Rocks. They famously uh, had Mikey from Life Cereal uh, eat them while drinking some soda to help uh, debunk the rumors. There, the uh, answer is Pop Rocks. Ah, nice. Have you ever tried that, Scott, or no? I've tried them without the soda, but I wasn't as adventurous as some of my friends when I was 10 years old. So, <laughs> I've had a donut that had Pop Rocks in it. That was really strange. In it? Yeah. Oh, I could see like maybe sprinkled on top of it in it. That That's interesting. It's like Boston cream, but with Pop Rocks. People should just leave donuts alone. Just let them be donuts. Why, why'd, you go immediately to a, why'd you go immediately to a cream donut? <laughs> I was trying to think of a donut, donut with something in it. <laughs> like, like, a little, like a jelly donut like a with Pop surprise, Rocks. You know? Probably be yeah. pretty good, but... <laughs> a little surprise. Awesome cream. Uh, all right, next, next up. Let's get that out of our heads. Question five in the category of cool names. Named for the anatomist that discovered them, what are the regions of the pancreas that contain hormone-producing cells called? There's, there's something floating around in my brain, but I'm trying to lock in on it right now. I'm trying to, to think of where the pancreas is. Um, that, that would if you be want, I can uh, punch you in it. And... I was going to say, why hasn't there been a family movie villain when the kid goes to school? They always get picked on. There has, there has to be a villain one day that just goes, I'm going to punch you in the pancreas. Because it's very specific. What's the retort to that? You can't even find my duodenum? I, I... You know, <laughs> what was that? Find my what? Duodenum. <laughs> my... You're the pancreas, Neil. <laughs> my duodenum? Oh, yeah, my I believe God. that's how it's pronounced. Oh. that That's what get, would get you punched twice. <laughs> my duodenum. <laughs> this show's gone off the rails. It is. I don't know, Matt. I'm, I'm good with your answer if you want. Ken, I don't remember this one. You, you said you had uh, maybe an inkling? If I do, it's far away. Sadly, I, I have no guess, so let's tap on it. Um, I just, um, we locked in with something that I think has to do with the pancreas, which I think puts us at least in this, the right area. So we said lymph nodes. 
Unfortunately, there would be no points awarded this round. Uh, they were discovered in 1869 by anatomist Paul Langerhans. They are the Islets of Langerhans. The oh. Islands of Langerhans, my favorite <laughs> book series. Hold on, Don't go to, to Triviality for medical advice, period. <laughs> Scott, please unless, refrain unless from... Unless it's that you should wear your mask, then you can listen to us. Yes. <laughs> Scott, refrain from putting the, uh, the balm on that we just told you to before the show, please. After five questions, it looks like Team Steamed Hams has 30 points. And in a slight lead, Team Ticketed in Albany has 40 points. So, close game. Okay, and that brings us to question six in the category of wrestling movies. Which wrestler played the main antagonist in the movie Ready to Rumble? Hint, there were no scenes in the movie involving yoga. Oh. Yeah, we can lock that I one actually, in. Actually, I didn't know until the clue. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good over here. All right, so that was David Arquette <laughs> in the movie, right? He was the good, he was the protagonist. Could be. Yoga. What's the yoga reference? I've got no idea. All right. I don't know any wrestlers Let's... doing yoga. I'm sure there are many, but uh, oh, I, I imagine so. I just let's don't know them. say Triple H. I would love to try Triple H yoga. I know it would have to start with <laughs> you spitting out water before every session. <laughs> yeah, right, Matt, explain explain this question. Well, you guys were close, and that is a three-letter uh, wrestler, but uh, I believe this is Diamond Dallas Page who has DDP yoga. So we said DDP. Points for one team. The correct answer is Diamond Dallas Page, better known now for uh, DDP Yoga. And he tried to sell it on Shark Tank, and they they all passed. Yep, and Very that was weird. a big mistake. Um, yeah. I actually did DDP Yoga when I first started losing weight, and uh, it, it worked well. I liked it a lot. It actually gave you a diet plan, and um, I, and uh, it was very full of testosterone, but it was nice. It was good. I didn't feel uh, it was too hard, so... <laughs> It was hard, so you quit? Well, well, I did quit after a while, but uh, his finishing move is called the Diamond Cutter, and he does this, uh, you guys can see it here, not at home, but he does this uh, signature, like, hand movement thing, and so, like, almost mm -hmm. every move in the yoga handbook featured a diamond cutter. He'd be like, now bring it back into a diamond cutter. Stretch. <laughs> so, yeah. It's ridiculous. All right. Well, I'm glad that clue wasn't lost on everybody, so I'm glad yeah. to know that you did DDP yoga. That's... <laughs> <laughs> and also because it's good for your health for that reason as well. There course. you go. Yeah. Question number seven. The category is board game description. So I'm just going to give you a description of how you play the game and then you're going to tell me what game it is. A large plastic board with a deep center well houses the large motorized monster that reaches up onto the board throughout the game while players move on one of two paths. The inner path is shorter, but it's easier for the monster to reach. The monster is turned on at the start of the game and continues grabbing players until the game is over. Whoever reaches the treasure in time wins. Jeff, this isn't even remotely familiar to me. Do you have any idea? No, I could think of a couple games with monsters, but nothing that has like a monster at the center. All right. Let's say don't wake daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah. So, I uh, I don't. I've never heard of this. I, initially, I thought he was talking about hungry, hungry. Oh man, I can't even say it. Hungry, hungry hippos. Um, mm -hmm. I thought he was saying hungry, hungry hippos. But there's that's more than one monster, I suppose. So um, that's Mike by Michael Caine. By yeah. hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> the hippos eat your yes. bread. Um, what what do you think, Matt? I, I had a game as a kid that had um called the monster in the what? center. 
No, but he, the well, the monster was in the. It was like um, a, uh, I think it was called Tornado Rex, and it had a, a a little guy you would like crank, and then um, if you drew the card, you'd press the button, and he would like fly down the mountain and just knock the hikers off, and like you can move your hiker to different spots. But that's not exactly. It's similar to what that is, but that, that's not the same thing. But that's really all I have. Okay, um, and, and just to confirm, you're not saying Tornado Rex because of your love for the Whoopi Goldberg film Theodore Rex. I don't. I might be. It might be a combination of the two. Okay. Uh, um, that's fine with me because I I, I we're not going to come up with anything better. We just want to say Tornado Rex. Yeah, and I don't even know if that was the name of it, but that's what we're calling it. So, locked in. Yeah, I do apologize. This one's pretty obscure i just remember having the game when i was a kid and i actually had to text my mom and ask her what the name of it was because i could not remember uh so the game is actually called it from the pit hmm. and it, it references the monster it's a it's a milton bradley game came out in 1992 and it was dubbed as the motorized monster game which is pretty innovative for its time i guess it sounds really cool that sounds like something i would beg my parents for <laughs> It was sponsored. Please, Daddy, <laughs> buy me it from the pit. <laughs> there's a there's a tornado rest game now. on eBay for three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> oh, so well, if you should have saved that one. If you oh, have no. wait, did you say tornado rex or it from the pit? Tornado rex. Oh, okay. Um should have saved it. Now Scott, was it from the pit sponsored by uh Speedstick or no? <laughs> Not that I know of. That would be the perfect marketing. They should have. Question eight in the category of reality TV. Created to compete with the real world, what MTV show aired for 12 years with each season following five strangers restricted to life in an RV? Hmm, we can lock in. Okay, these guys are locked in. So, Jeff, it's like Road Rules? Is that right? Yeah, uh, Road Rules was an MTV sister show to the real world. So, I don't know how many contestants they had, but that sounds good to me. All right, Road Rules. Yeah, I only really, I never really watched. I only watched. I only even knew any of the people from it when there'd be the real world road rules challenge, which is where most, and then they stopped doing road rules altogether and just did the challenge. Um, I'm pretty sure it's road rules. We have points all around on this one. The correct answer is road rules. Question nine in the category of dancing queen. What popular Italian dance style derived its name after people noticed how similarly it resembled a common reaction to bite victims? I don't think any of those are Italian. <laughs> I don't think so either. I, at least I named a few dances. And a condiment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you want to... I'll just let you lock in with something because I'm not going to come up with it. I, I'm curious to hear. Jeff, this is something I feel like Jeff might know from a different podcast or something. So It's uh, nothing I'm familiar with, Neil. Yeah, it seems like me and Jeff are not familiar with this. Um, all right. Well, we'll say the... Uh, the dente, because I like my pasta al dente, which means with bites. So we're going dente. And we are locking in with the tango and cash. I would like to see both of those dances performed, uh, if you guys would be so kind. Uh, the correct answer is actually the tarantella, which oh. is named after tarantulas. Uh, yeah, so the legend has it that uh, you know people started doing it, and a woman commented that it looked like a reaction she had to a spider bite, and that's how it got its name. Mm, wow. wow. Correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. The, the tarantella has heavy feet work. Is that right? God. Uh, I did not really know how it went. I looked up a few videos at making the question, and I didn't see anything that resembled a reaction to any spider bite I've seen. But I've also, I mean, I'm not Peter Parker, so I, I don't really know how I would respond to a spider bite. 
Neil can't resist a Tarantino foot joke is what that was. That was a bad Tarantino <laughs> foot joke, yeah. You just can't. You can't let yeah. it can't let it be. Once upon a time on the dance floor, I know. It's too hard. Okay, and question ten in the category of teachers' pets. In the mid-90s, California educator Erin Gruel encouraged her students to document their lives on paper. Eventually, these stories were turned into a full-fledged book, which was published in 1999 under what name? I, I've never heard of this. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I mean, it sounds interesting. Um, and, you know, even though I was kind of joking, the first thing that I went to was Dangerous Minds, but I don't think they were giving stories to put into a book in that movie with not, Michelle Pfeiffer. Not at that age, no. No. <laughs> High school high, maybe. Yeah. Um. And then I said the Da Vinci Code, but that's not right either. But that came out that year, I think, didn't it? I don't know. I have nothing here. Yeah. Uh, Flat Stanley. Yeah. That? What I don't know what Flat Stanley is, but it sounds that sounds good. I think we, I think I brought it up on a previous show at some point in time, so we're gonna lock in with Flat Stanley. And we're gonna lock in with a hundred years of recess. Unfortunately, there will be no points awarded this round. Neil, you're actually on the right track with Dangerous Minds. This was uh, developed into a movie uh, starring Hillary Swank oh, Freedom in Riders. 2007. Oh. Yep, the correct answer is The Freedom Riders Diary. Mm. I was going to say Freedom Riders because I was like, oh, it's another movie. But then I thought everyone was going to go, stop thinking about movies. They're wrong. They're wrong. But I should have. Oh, it's the only time you're right, Neil. Why would you, why would you doubt yourself now? <laughs> what a shame. Um after the first round, it looks like it's 50 to 50. So uh, neck and neck here uh, going into the swing round. Uh, before we get there, uh, we appreciate all of you over at the crop interacting uh, along with Scott and all of our other listeners uh, for uh, show spoiler threads and news and sign up forms and whatnot. So if you'd like to join everyone over there, if you're on Facebook, uh, look up the crop or hit us up over at Twitter and Instagram at uh, Triviality Pod where you can find Matt uh, posting some musings uh, throughout the day. So for the swing round, uh, I hearken back uh, to my glory days of binge watching shows and being a couch potato. So the swing round is TV show schools. So I'm going to give you the name of the school and all you have to do is tell me what TV show that school was featured in. Uh, And there is one in here uh, that was the name of a school on two separate shows. I will accept either answer. All right. Okay. Sounds fun and difficult. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. The first one is Cape Side High. Dillon High School, The Harbor School, Bayside, McKinley High School, Constance Billard, John Adams High, Chilton Prep, Lawndale High, and Mystic Falls High School. Okay, we will go over these and be back with our answers. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. 
The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, the answers are locked in, so let's see how badly we did on this. All right, uh, hopefully you guys uh, got some of these. Let's start off with number one, Capeside High. Uh, This one, not really sure. It sounded like it was a coastal school, Um, so we just went with uh, Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Um, On the coast of a creek? You know, there's water. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm suddenly blanking on any of the ones we were talking about. Ken, what was one of the ones you mentioned? We'll say uh, One Tree Hill for this one. Capeside High is the school that Dawson and his friends went to on Dawson's Creek. No way. Damn it. That was such a guess, too. I Uh, I was like, no way. That's hilarious. Number two, Dillon High School. This one uh, we recognized uh, for the football team, uh, and we went Friday Night Lights. Mm, that makes sense. Uh, we just we didn't know, so I'll say Beverly Hills 90210. I think their school was called Beverly Hills. It was actually West Beverly. <laughs> Dylan High Panthers, Friday Night Lights is correct. Texas Forever. Number three, the Harbor School. Uh, this one we had no idea, so we just guessed uh, 90210. Which I should know it's not there because that's where I work and there's no harbor school. Whatever. It's Matt, fine. I'm going to disown you. Why? What is I'm this? I'm pretty sure this is the OC. Ah, This is indeed the OC. At the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> that's disappointing. Number four, Bayside. On TikTok, uh, as I've been doing some research, as Ken makes fun of me for, a lot of uh, Gen Z folks have been uh, sharing Slater doing his dance on Saved by the Bell. So that would be our guess for Bayside. Yeah, when you wake up in the morning, you realize that Zach Morris is trash. So we said Saved by the Bell. That is correct. Bayside High School is Saved by the Bell. Okay, number five, McKinley High School. Uh, This is one that I had never heard of, but Neil was pretty sure that this is from Glee. That makes a lot of sense. We hadn't talked about Glee, but one that we did mention, and it's not a TV show, was High School Musical. So I'm going to say High School Musical. Uh, it's a TV show. High School Musical, the movie, the TV show. Oh, jeez. Um, actually, it is High School Musical, the musical, the musical. Or no. <laughs> Yikes. Well, there is singing involved. Uh, the correct answer is Glee. I also would have accepted Freaks and Geeks because they both share the same name. Oh, wow. The is other it? one I mentioned, too. That's funny. Isn't, I uh, forgot about that. Isn't the Wonder Years McKinley High too? now that you say that? I don't know. We'll look it up. Um, but um, yeah, Jeff, uh, the high school musical is East High, if that helps at ah, all. Thanks, Neil. I appreciate that. I won't forget that ever or in five <laughs> minutes. Number six, Constance Billard. Uh, we went back and forth on this one. Um, it, it didn't really sound too familiar to me, but when Matt said uh, Gossip Girl, it seemed to make sense. So that's what we locked in with. Uh, for this one, we just guessed uh, Everwood. Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> it's indeed where uh, Serena and Blair used to hang out in Gossip Girl. <laughs> I'm glad Matt is a huge fan of that show. That helped I, us there. I have seen every episode. Big fan. 
Number seven, John Adams High. Um, this one I was I thought that that was the name of the middle school, but it might have been the high school too. But I'm pretty sure this one is Boy Meets World. Yeah, I couldn't get uh, Mr. Matthews out of my head, so we said Boy Meets World. Matt, you're correct. It was the middle school, and then when they got to high school, they just used the same school. It's uh, <laughs> Boy Meets World. They had a very strange school experience in that show, let's be honest. Their teachers followed them around through their whole life. There's only 12 kids in their class. 12 kids. They all go to the same college. Yeah. Mr. Weird. Feeney has a break-in and thwarts robbers. Night right. So, to be honest, I did have a uh, high school teacher who then was my college teacher, too. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Just really liked you, I guess. Guess so. Couldn't stay away. Number eight, Chilton Prep. Uh, yep, I would get yelled at uh, here if I didn't know this one. Uh, that would be Gilmore Girls. Yeah, we thought that might be somewhere on this list, but we didn't know. We just said Pretty Little Liars. Neil, you don't have to get in trouble. It is uh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, thank God. Number nine, Lawndale High. Yeah, this is a show that I really enjoyed. I'm pretty sure that this is from Daria. Whew. Okay, so my girlfriend Angie's been watching Daria, and I was pretty sure I saw that in the background. So I, uh, we said Daria. Yep, it is the only animated show on my list here. It is Daria. Oh, nice poll. And number 10, Mystic Falls High School. This was probably the toughest one um, for us. We weren't too sure. We, we didn't have any um, sort of reference point, but we knew it, it said Mystic. And we said, you know, a lot of these TV shows are pretty on the nose about what their high school is. So we said, are, are there any shows that we know that have mystical elements and Supernatural does not take place uh, in high school? But we know, I think a little bit of Vampire Diaries does. That's what we went with. We also went the vampire direction due to the Mystic, but we went with Buffy. So I believe Buffy was Sunnydale. Uh, Mystic Falls High School is the Vampire Diaries. Jesus, Neil. That was mad. It wasn't me. (laughs) But vampires don't like the sun. I love teen dramas. Yeah, you you, you two are both adolescent girls, basically, (laughs) is what we just learned. (laughs) All right. Let's move on from the swing round. What are the scores, Neil? Uh, going into the round, round, yeah, right. <laughs> going into round two, uh, team uh, ticketed in Albany uh, is has seventy, and the uh, the adolescent girls who love steamed hams are at ninety five. All right, question eleven in the category of eargasms. This band released "Beautiful Life" in nineteen ninety five as the follow up to their chart topping debut album. No bonus points will be given for singing this catchy tune. Oh, oh, I got I was- it. I was thinking of Beautiful Lie, which and, I believe is the Nine Inch Nails song. And initially, I was thinking, it's a beautiful life. I was like, no, that's you too. It's a beautiful day. Um, <laughs> Just making stuff up. Yeah, I got it though, uh, Matt. I got it. Okay, we're locked in. Beautiful Lie, Terrible Lie, the Nine Inch Nails was, song. Uh, terrible Life, right? Yeah, well, Beautiful Life. Ace of Bass, is it? Beautiful Life, Life, yeah. I don't know it, so let's go with it. Uh, yeah, when, when Jeff said it's a beautiful life, I heard, oh, oh, oh it's a beautiful, so yeah, we want ace of bass. Like I said in the question, no bonus points, even though you guys both sang it. Uh, the correct answer is ace of bass. Question number 12 in the category of snack time. What snack food's original mascot was Sydney, a well-dressed marsupial with an Australian accent? Okay, I think we can lock in, right, Jeff? Yeah, you can if you want. So you you think it's cookie crisp, Matt? But I thought isn't Dunkaroos where you dunk the uh, crackers into like like the chocolatey thing? Yes, and apparently they're making a comeback this year, which would maybe jog 
the memory of maybe writing a question about this. Um, I love Dunkaroos. They're great. I only said Cookie Crisp because I know that they've had like three different mascots. Um, Don't they have it the dude was in the a, Hawaiian it was a policeman too? or a monkey, and then it was uh, something else. It's been like a hundred things, but I think I think we can go with Dunkaroos. Dunkaroos, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah we'll lock in with that. Uh, we too have locked in with Dunkaroos. Seems the obvious uh, choice, and that's as far as we can go. Okay, so yeah, in 1996, Sydney was replaced with uh, Duncan, who was like a real cool hip kangaroo uh, who actually dunked basketballs in the commercials. The correct answer is Dunkaroos. Yeah, he was like a Dennis Rodman-inspired character, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. On to question 13 in the category of organizations. With Easter eggs in both the movie Cloverfield and the video game Half-Life 2, what fictional group first appeared in season two of the hit show Lost? Yeah, we can lock in. Right, they're locked in, so what, do, what do you think? I believe it's the Dharma, Dharma Initiative, because that would have first uh, appeared in season two of Lost. Okay. A cameo in or an Easter egg in Half Life Two. Yeah, they um, like the um, that like eightfold path octagonal symbol was the mm. one that the Dharma Initiative used, and I'm pretty sure it's it's a pretty easy they Easter egg to drop snuck in. Snuck so. it in there, probably. But okay. I, the Dharma Initiative makes its appearance in season two of Lost, so I'm fairly confident that's the answer. Yeah. Okay. And then aren't uh, Lost and um, Cloverfield both J.J. Abrams things? That's correct. That makes sense. Yeah, that is correct. Okay. yeah we, we said uh, the Dharma Initiative. Yeah, they had a shark in season two with the logo somehow on the fin of the shark. It was crazy. Uh, it is the Dharma Initiative. All right. Not to be confused with the Jenna Elfman Enterprise. <laughs> Question 14 in the category of Expanding Horizons. What rapper struck gold in 2003 when he ventured into the world of fashion by creating the brand Apple Bottoms? <laughs> uh, I know this one, Matt. <laughs> yeah. What do Apple Bottom jeans pair with? I think possibly <laughs> boots with the fur, maybe? Pair, pair, pairs with, with two the kinds fur? of footwear. <laughs> Reeboks uh, with the straps. <laughs> 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 Uh, that lady is a centaur. <laughs> we, we've got over this. One pair four of feet. pants, four pairs of shoes. All right, or four four individual shoes. All right, so um, yeah, do you know? <laughs> That's <Jeff>? Nelly. <laughs> it's Nelly. Yeah. Okay, go with Nelly. Uh, yeah, and I'm thinking of the lyrics to the uh, to the Apple Bottom Jean song, which has nothing to do with the answer. Uh, and I just realized that uh, they use the word birthday cakes, which makes sense why they use that emoji on TikTok. Now I feel old. Um, we locked in with <laughs> Nelly. <laughs> Every time I'm like, what's with the birthday cake? Hey, guys, why are you putting a birthday cake on your video? Okay, I'm an old man. Yeah, we locked in with Nelly. Nelly is the correct answer. Uh, and you guys were correct. They do pair very well with uh, Boots with the Fur, or so I've been told. <laughs> How about Nelly and Ludacris with their rap battle? And Nelly's internet was just so bad that he couldn't even really participate. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. You'd think he'd, you know, he'd have a, a really good connection there with all the money he's making from Apple Bottom. But... Yeah, right. It's a 56K dial-up. On to question 15 in the category of copycats. During the 90s, singers Robin S. and Robin, spelled with a Y, released well-known hit songs. 
In addition to these artists sharing a first name, they also shared a song title. What is the name of that affectionately demanding song? I think I, I think I know this one, Matt, because I rock out to oh, it. Oh, that song is amazing. It's one of the best You're songs right. ever. Yeah. So I think we can lock in. I was, I was thinking of a different title, but then I'm like, that's only a JoJo song that tells you to leave, get out. <laughs> Very demanding. Scott, your game is like right in me and Matt's wheelhouse, and we're just having so much fun. This is great. Uh, <laughs> I kind of knew that going into it, and when you guys picked the teams, I was like, "Oh man, this is this could be a landslide." I literally had not thought of this song in years, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna make a playlist of just this and Blue Control later. Can I? Don't, All right, I don't so know. Robin and S. Robin is that what you said? <laughs> Robin S. Robin S. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Dance with me. That's affectionately demanding. And I know Robin likes to dance, so something about dancing with herself. I don't know. Say so, uh, dance with me. Yeah. Um, Matt and I love this song. Uh, I continually listen to it uh, almost weekly, I actually, to be qu- quite honest. Um, <laughs> and that's not a lie. Um, but I think it is Show Me Love by Robin. The correct answer is Show Me Love by Robin and by Robin S. Mm, um, that one's actually pretty catchy as well. The Robin S one, which I didn't realize was done by her but it's the you got to show me love oh it's like, that's, a, dance, it's like a dancey hit that's a good one and then robin oh, tells us got pipes too you do have pipes <laughs> and then robin tells us to uh, show me love show me life baby show me what it's all about yeah exactly um so after five in the second round uh really close still uh team steamed hams picked up an extra 50 points uh bringing our total to 145 and uh, team ticketed in Albany uh, has 40 points, bringing theirs to 110. All right. Well, we'll we'll, learn it. we'll, we'll get our points back right, right now. Yeah, they're you're coming about up. To, you're about to fail the second half here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question 16 in the category of books. What is the name of the book trilogy released by Ricky Yancey in 2013? The first book of the series was adapted into a 2016 movie that sadly came crashing down at the box office. Um, we can lock in. I'm pretty sure on this one. I remember when it came out, uh, it did not do well. So we're locked in. All right, Jeff. Um, my original thought was Mortal Instruments. Not Mortal in- Wait, there's Mortal Engines and Mortal Instruments, right? I have no idea. They were both that so came crashing down. Mortal Engines was awful and was panned and a box office but, failure. But that wasn't 2016. That was right. newer than that. Right. I think that was 2018 or early 2019. Um, Is this some kind of disaster movie? Mortal, Mortal, Mortal Instruments was another thing and it was like a young adult sort of thing. I can't, I can't think of other young adult series that just kind of didn't go anywhere they released one and then no subsequent sequels do you want to go mortal instruments i'm gonna leave it to you i don't know film so All right, let's go mortal instruments i i don't know i can't get any further than that i was having trouble uh picking this film uh, matt had mentioned percy jackson which i knew it wasn't that um artemis fowl just came out and hasn't been getting good reviews um, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Um, but I do remember around this time, uh, Tobey Maguire, he produces off and on a little bit. And I remember he produced this movie 
uh, and I was kind of intrigued by it because I was like, oh, what, what is he producing? And, I, and then it bombed. And I believe it's uh, The Fifth Wave with Chloe Grace Moretz. So the hint was in the question that it came crashing down like a wave. The correct answer is The Fifth Wave. Mm. What is that I one about? I feel better having never heard of that. Is it about teens who are from two different worlds that have to fall in love? And no, it's like, no, it's, it's, like actually... it's, it's West Side Story, but with surfing. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> two rival surf gangs. <laughs> surf Side Story. Also called the Jet. I thought it was about the fifth revival of Ska riding the fifth wave. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. They're skanking and surfing at the same time. <laughs> Question 17 in the category of Ladies' Choice. Named after the Swahili word for unity, this matriarch village in Kenya was founded in 1990. I was hoping there was going to be more to that question. <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know. I want to be honest. My Swahili is not great. You just have, you know, a touch of Swahili to get you to the bathroom or to the library, but not much other than that. Both teams are a little apprehensive, but everybody's locked in. So uh, guys, you want to start? Um, yeah, I think so. I remember this was a big thing with the the big three for the Celtics. Um, KG was big on it and it, they would use this word that I thought meant unity, but it might not. Um, it was uh, uh, Ubuntu, I believe, Ubuntu, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, and Neil said from Uncut Gems, and I think they use it in there, but I'm not 100% sure. But uh, we locked it with uh, Ubuntu. Um, the only Swahili thing, Ken, and I know is Hakuna Matata means no worries. So Hakuna Matata. Sadly, there will be no points awarded this round. Uh, Matt and Neil, you guys were close. You had the same letter at the beginning. Uh, it's actually Umoja. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's an all-female village uh, near Nairobi. All right. I'll have to look that up. Question 18 in the category of Are You There, God? Prior to sharing a notable pair of pants on the big screen, Amber Tamblin spent two seasons playing a teenager who communicated with God on what CBS show? I forgot she was on that show. Uh, I, I know that one, Matt. Okay. <laughs> Jeff? Yeah? Do you remember? Yeah. She was on uh, Joan of Arcadia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're locked in. Uh, yeah, so uh, while Jeff was saying it, uh, I had texted the same answer to Matt when Matt was responding with, is that the one where they email God? And that's uh, God friended me. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we also went with Joan of Arcadia. Yeah, kind of an often forgotten show, I feel like. Uh, but the correct answer is Joan of Arcadia. Now, God friended me. <laughs> here's, a, here's a crazy uh, uh, turn of events. Not turn of events, but reference here. Uh, Amber Tamblin's dad, famous Russ Tamblin from West Side Story, the original movie. So there you go. Scott was thrown in references, future references that didn't even happen yet. Guys didn't even <laughs> pick up on them. Not that you could have. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. Question 19 in the category of record holders. This 1989 album is the only album to spawn seven Billboard Top 5 hits spanning three different calendar years. Uh, I'm fine with going whatever you think, Matt. I think all of my answers are either way too early or way too late. Yeah, I think the one I sent you definitely came out in 89, and I know it had super long, like, longevity there. Okay, Uh, that's fine with me. Okay, we can lock in. Jeff, I don't know. Um, You like Eagles' greatest hits or something? (laughs) 
Um, thriller was that earlier? That was earlier. I think that was '83. Um, yeah, I've got no idea. Let's go with the Eagles' greatest hits. Yeah, that might have come out later, but I've got nothing, so I'm cool with that. All right, Eagles. Um, yeah, Neil sent over a couple different ones. Uh, Michael Jackson history, which I think is later, and then uh, Prince, which Purple Rain, right? Would that be that? Yeah, year? I think that might be that might be earlier um, too. Yeah, but um, one of the ones that I think came out in 89 was Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, and I think that might be it, so we locked in with that. Uh, yeah, you guys were pretty much on the right track. Michael Jackson's history is 95, Thriller's too early, uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction came out in 1989. However, no points awarded on this question. The answer is actually Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That makes sense. So you guys are on the right track with uh, Michael Jackson, though, both sides. Thanks. That brings us to question 20 in the category of video games. With subtitles such as Pandora Tomorrow, Chaos Theory, and Conviction, which Tom Clancy video game series first launched in 2002? We're locked in. Oddly enough, I'm selling my uh, old Xbox, and one of these copies is going with it. So I just Uh wrote, uh, wrote the word Conviction. 20 minutes ago they're locked in matt uh i've for immediately thought metal gear solid but i don't think that's tom clancy but you said rainbow six that's tom clancy right yeah that there's tom, tom clancy's rainbow six was the first one of these shooters that i even like even before like counter-strike and some of these other games came out it's the first one that i remember that people got really into um online but i don't know if that's i i don't know if that's the name of a series but i just know that that's one of the games and it might be a game in in the series but um uh, you, you i don't know you locked in with that first or you suggested it first and i'm not too familiar with the tom clancy games so i'm fine with rainbow six if you want to go with that okay yeah we'll lock in with that so me and my friends used to play this game where we'd uh sneak up behind each other really quietly and then we'd grab each other around the neck and say splinter cell splinter cell mm. uh yeah so both uh splinter cell and uh, Rainbow Six, our Tom Clancy uh, game series. I was kind of hoping that a team would get tripped up with Rainbow Six. Uh, the correct answer is Splinter Cell. Uh, good job by you guys. I didn't even know that was Tom Clancy. Splinter yeah, Cell. I remember when the first one came out on Xbox and the graphics were just like mind-blowing for the time. Yeah. Game is hard. I don't think... Uh, yeah, it was. I don't think there's like a book that goes along with Splinter Cell. I think it's like... Just a brand Tom, deal. Tom Clancy production. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think you guys caught up at the end of that, right? A little bit. They caught up a little bit, yeah. So, I a mean, definitely, bit. definitely within striking range for sure. Uh, team ticketed while in Albany. Uh, I know I keep messing that name up, but that's okay. Uh, have 130 points, and uh, team Steamed Hams has 165 points. Uh, right. So, let's hear those categories, Scott, for the final round. Your final round categories are Justin, JC, Lance, Joey, and Chris. I don't see how these names go together. I know. They don't seem very uh, in tune with each other. While our teams go over their wagers, just wanted to give a shout out to all of our Patreon members, which includes Scott. Uh, We appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to join Scott, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. 
and uh, get involved by uh, getting some great perks, such as uh, audio content, which have some unfiltered episodes, some bonus interviews, things like that, that we do once a month. Uh, also, uh, character boxes, posters, stickers, and a bunch of other great things. So if you'd like to join Scott uh, and support our show and become the lifeblood of our show, which helps us continue to do bonus episodes and uh, keep our content flowing, you can join everyone at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. All right, the wagers are locked in, so let's get those questions. Okay, in the category of Justin. We all know that Zach Galifianakis, Ed Helms, and Bradley Cooper starred in the Hangover trilogy, but what actor played Doug, the friend who went missing in the first movie? JC. Within two years, when did Jesus Christ Superstar debut on Broadway? Lance. Lance Storm was trained in wrestling by which legendary figure in the sport? Joey. What actress, better known for playing a MILF, appeared in all 46 episodes of the French spinoff Joey, playing his agent? And Chris, what famed director helped a young Chris Angel rise to fame in the mid-90s? Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping family road trip trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. All right. And with that, all the answers are locked in. Justin, we all know that Zach Galifianakis, Ed Helms, and Bradley Cooper starred in the Hangover trilogy, but what actor played Doug, the friend who went missing in the first movie? We went uh, 30 all the way down. Matt and I decided to put all our chips in, Um, and especially when you had these categories uh, for obvious reasons, but uh, I don't know him as Doug from The Hangover. I know him uh, from National Treasure, uh, and that would be Justin Bartha. I don't know who Justin Bartha is. Uh, we went uh, 20 points all the way down. Um, and we uh, didn't think that we remembered Doug being quite this handsome, but we said Justin Thoreau. I mean, that's subjective, right? Depends on who you ask. No, the correct answer yeah, is right. Justin Bartha. Yeah, he's uh, he's the sidekick in National Treasure, the hacker. Um, 
Okay. Speaking of Justin, uh, real quick aside, uh, our niece had her birthday party, um, her third birthday party, and Colleen and I got her a bunch of uh, trolls items, uh, like dolls and whatnot, because she loves trolls. And uh, Colleen was playing with uh, Poppy, who's Anna Kendrick's character, and she gave her brother's girlfriend, uh, Branch, who's played by Justin Timberlake. And Arya, our niece, said, let's play trolls. So um, they had the dolls, and Colleen said, oh, here, you be Branch. And she goes, who is this? And she goes, oh, it's the Justin Timberlake character. And she goes, well, I don't know the movie. And she goes, well, just play along. And so uh, Colleen's brother's girlfriend went, back streets, back, all right. And Colleen said, thank God Neil wasn't here. He would have lost his sh-. So there you go. A little story for you. My original categories here were uh, Nick, Howie, Kevin, AJ, and Brian. <laughs> for <laughs> another, them for, for you. your next time. I could have got a Howie Mandel question. What a shame. Yeah, right. No. JC, within two years, when did Jesus Christ Superstar debut on Broadway? Yeah, so for this one, um, we were thinking that the movie came out in the early to mid-70s. So we figured that the musical would have came out right before it. Um, so we just kind of locked in around 1971. We went a little bit later. We knew that this was an Andrew Lloyd Webber joint. Um, in the 80s, he was more uh, into Phantom of the Opera. So we thought 70s, but late 70s, so we said 78. Well, the team that's getting the points got it right on the nose. Jesus Christ Superstar debuted in 1971. Wow. Nice job there. That, that was, is our game, Ken. Good job, Matt. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was a, pie, a handful of dirt on the coffin lid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lance. Lance Storm was trained in wrestling by which legendary figure in the sport? Uh, yeah, this he trained in the famous Hart family dungeon. Uh, he was in the same class, I believe, as Chris Jericho. This was uh, Stu Hart. All right. If that was the handful of dirt, then this is the shovel full of dirt. Uh, we thought uh, Lance Storm was channeling uh, some natural phenomena, so we thought uh, Nature Boy, Ric Flair, maybe trained him, so... Ric Flair. Woo! I actually like that logic, uh, but mm-hmm. the answer is Stu Hart. Yeah, I'm super impressed by that answer. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really well-reasoned out answer. Matt uh, is actually from the Shroot line of burials, so he actually <laughs> tore open the coffin lid and just shot us with a shotgun four times. <laughs> Sounds about right. Just to make sure we're dead. Maybe you guys will get this one. Joey. What actress, better known for playing a MILF, appeared in all 46 episodes of the Friends spinoff Joey, playing his agent? I believe this is uh, someone who's always great in the Christopher Guest films and taught Elle Woods how to bend and snap. Uh, So we went with Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, a name that I know because of American Pie, but mostly because it comes up in trivia all the time. And we said Jennifer Coolidge. Points all around. The correct answer, Stifler's mom, a.k.a. Jennifer Coolidge. It's really hard to read that question without laughing every time I said playing a milf. <laughs> I really tried to keep it together. I love and, you, Matt. <laughs> and the final question, Chris, what famed director helped a young Chris Angel rise to fame in the mid-90s? Um, so this one we had a lot of trouble with. Uh, I'm not a Chris Angel fan, uh, and I didn't really realize that he got his start maybe with some video projects. I mean, a lot of his magic is video-oriented, I guess. Um, and I, I had no idea. So I was just trying to think of directors that did some weird stuff. And I know Spike Jones did a lot of, uh, Beastie Boys things and music videos and like, you know, skating videos. So, uh, we just put Spike Jones. That is an excellent guess. Um, we are just going off of the shared aesthetic 
and we are going with Tim Burton. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, no points awarded this round. Uh, the correct answer is uh, someone that saw him in a television appearance in 94 and in 1995 asked him to work with him on his film Lord of Illusions. It is actually uh, the Hellraiser man himself, Clive Barker. Mm. Wow. That makes sense somehow. Yeah, they're both into to, dark stuff. Yeah, I used to love – I don't know. I would always end up watching the Mind Freaks. It was always on at like 1 in the morning. I feel like everything else is <laughs> Matt over. loved to get his Mind Freak on. <laughs> yeah, I just – I loved it. I could totally see What's Matt freak on? laying in bed. I dressed up as Chris Angel for Halloween one year. It was real That story. makes sense. Was yeah. it just on Halloween or – bangs. Was it all year or just Halloween? <laughs> it was it was a uh, 2013. It was the entire year. I wish when I wish you would work at your store and you deliver the coffee and you surprise people and you go mind freak. <laughs> uh, all right. So tabulating these scores, it looks like uh, getting pulled over and getting a ticket in Albany for being in the drift lane or whatever it's called uh, was 70 points, and uh, with 255 <laughs> points, today's cream of the crop are steamed hams unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I can't even. They have the three-peat. But congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. if we probably should have asked Scott before the game started uh, about <laughs> where the questions were going to lie, but definitely were in yeah, our favor. I mean, it's all I was random, like, all right, you know. form. This is my game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to And then I came out of the locker room dressed for golf. And it was yeah. like, oh, we're screwed. <laughs> uh, Scott, where can people uh, get in touch with you and uh, listen to your shows? Uh, so, yeah, we launched a few weeks ago. Uh, our first episode actually just reached 100 downloads. So that's pretty exciting. Congratulations. Our, our s- small little operation. I say small, but there's yeah, like. That's, that's fast. Fast growth. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, uh, people have been a big help. You know, uh, the crop has been a big help. So we really appreciate that. Uh, but we, you can find us. Uh, all of our social media is at Benchwarmers uh, TP. So bench, uh, at Benchwarmers TP on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, no Snapchat yet because we're not that cool. We're just old men. Uh, <laughs> and then you can uh, obviously just listen to us wherever you get your podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Anchor, Podbean, whatever you use. You can definitely find us on there. Uh, we drop every Sunday and Wednesday for now. And then we're going to eventually just do it weekly on Sunday. So we really appreciate the support. Awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you very much for writing the game too. The game was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Um, you know, like I said, I, I tried to make it as well-rounded as I could. It was really an homage to, uh, there were really some questions in there for my family. The it from the pit was for my mom. The wrestling ones were for my brother. The NSYNC category was for my sister. Um, and the TV show schools was for me. So it was a little <laughs> bit of, of everything in there. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us and for also being a Patreon supporter. Uh, thank you to uh, Ken and Jeff, um, we apologize that this was a three-peat, but um, I guess we'll, we're going to have two off episodes now, Matt, where we're not going to win, and then maybe we'll come back if we unretire. I'm, we'll see. I, I, yeah, you're I, all I, welcome to retire for a couple of years. <laughs> you guys are just born winners. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Scott, for joining us and writing this game, and we appreciate everyone else for their support. For Ken, Matt, Jeff, and Scott, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Um, I did watch The Recruit with Colin Farrell recently, which I'm a big fan of with Al Pacino uh, chewing up scenery. So if you haven't seen that one, that's a fun one.
Hey, right. Colin, I'm going to recruit you. <laughs> I got an so eye for talent. I don't even, I can't even do his voice. That's one I can't do. 